And uh, I, I said, I can contribute like this. I have a clear vision for what I would want this to be. So I'm just going to create what I want. And some people in the early days were very willing to come on and just, just riff with me and share their stories. And now, you know, and I'm grateful to be here. So I guess that was, that was phase one. I did it because I had to. And then in terms of switching my life over completely NFTs, that required an idea, right? That required a direction, not just, I'm going to start telling stories on a podcast. It was, can I do something concrete here to, to build in, in, in a pragmatic fashion as well as out of love? And yeah, I, I, I found that, I found that thing. And I'm going to tell you about that off, off air. The boys got PhDs when it comes to talking about NFTs and that's nifty. That's nifty. They come to this place to talk about the crypto space And that's nifty, that's nifty, that's nifty Your hosts for tonight's podcast are Tyler, Larry, and Slime Sunday Damn, that's nifty And we are live Sweet <laughs> What's up? We're live doing something. We're doing something. We're doing everything today. This is the biggest mashup ever in the NFT podcast video space. Awesome. Yeah. And everyone gets to see us and how we work with our, uh, with our $15 microphones with the full setup in our hands. So <laughs> yeah, I don't even have a microphone. <laughs> you sound, the, but you sound the best. I think, I really? think you, yours actually sounds pretty clear. Yeah. It sounds It sounds decent. It's the room. It must be, dude. Good, good audio uh, reverberations. <laughs> Put some pads on the wall. I need a pad on my wall. I got a, I have a good mic here, but it reverberates just a little bit. So I, I need an audio pad on my wall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we also, I mean, Tyler does a good job like editing and cutting up the audio and stuff. So I'm wondering, you know, maybe he's the one making everything sound so good. <laughs> we were just talking about that before he got on. Just how like, his is just straight up like press start and go. And then in, in ours with just like Tyler ripping it up and really crushing it. I try. <laughs> it's no formal training there. Tyler, I'm going to start sending you origin stories episodes. You know, if you wouldn't mind just taking out all my, you knows. <laughs> I'm all over it, man. <laughs> so what's up guys. What are you, what are you thinking about these days? We sit here on a fine weekend in the NFT space. We have the, the artifact FIWO shoe forge going on. Uh, Mike, you guys are about to melt some faces. What's everyone thinking about? I will, well, Tyler knows more about the cubes than I do, but I know that the auctions are ending. So I guess my first question was, are you in on them? And if you are, what are you poking around on? Because you got to have a side eye, I feel like, on that right now. Crypto cubes is close to my heart. Um, I've, I've been involved in that team, just push, pushing the, the project forward in some good ways, I, I hope. Um, seems like everything is done really, really well. The prints obviously had multiples of interest and the secondary market really caught fire coming off, which I love to see because some secondaries have been so-so lately. So that was a big marker for us to take a look at. 
the auctions, yeah, I mean, really we're recording, right? Uh, just before the end of the beginning sequence of these auctions that are staggered by 15s. I know there's some really solid bids in right now on uh, Fuckrender and Victor, um, uh, Refik, and, and on, on down the line. I mean, everyone seems to be doing really well. So am I in on them? No, I'm in on you guys. I'm here to report. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hop over to this right now and see what's going on. Yeah, let's do this. I mean, we might as well, since we're just kind of yeah, hanging, hanging out. Let's see what's going on on the nifty streets. Yeah, auctions are always fun. And they like really are. It, when you, uh, we were watching the G-Monk and obviously um, you wanted one and landed one. Um, but you're like, it's the last five minutes and it, that like rung so true there and it's going to do it again. I feel like with these and it's going to keep happening, but yeah, it's always the last five minutes, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the mad dash. And all of them are great in their own specific way. Like one that caught my eye actually that, you know, obviously I love Victor and Fred's pieces, but I really like someone who I'd never heard of was uh, Nicholas Daniel. Yes. Did crypto cube number four. I just, I love that so much exploring the inside of the cube. I was really impressed too. I told him I wasn't as aware of Nicholas Daniel's work and now I am. It's just so, so clear. Uh, had a chance to dive into some of his other stuff. I, I agree with you. It, it was the, the person I was least aware of and I will never forget him. Yeah, man, he does some trippy stuff. I've seen his work in the past, but like, you know, as soon as you see that visual, you know exactly whose work it is, you know, just by like that trippy, I don't even know how he does that shit, but it's cool. Yeah, That'd be a some... fun game to play where you post them all and match them up to the artist. I'm sure yeah. it'd be a pretty easy thing to do these days. So what's everyone's favorite? So you mentioned Nicholas Daniel. What, what's everyone else? Not necessarily favorites because they're all pretty freaking special, but what catches everyone else's eye? Oof. I mean, Phil Grinder always catches your eye. Um, Phillips, I, I like Phillips. I don't know why. Yeah. I think it's, it's just so good. It's so subtle. Like Phil stuff, when you yeah. look at it, it's like so subtle, but at the same time, it's like clearly there. Like it's clearly, you clearly get the concept. But it's the only still as well. Yeah, but you have to look at it for a second. Like there's so much going on in his shit that like you, you got to zoom in and really look around. Like, I mean, that's what I love about his work is just like you can kind of zoom in on stuff and, and find like little Easter eggs and, and shit like that. The Easter eggs in this are so good. You have the Fiat cubes suck, which I thought yeah. was a great graffiti <laughs> tag. And then you have the, sur- the survivor count days that are crossed o- over on the other, o- over on the bottom of the cubot. Exactly. Like that's the stuff I love. Yeah. And also Victor, man, like he really crushed it on this one. Like I, he's, he's so talented and you can immediately look at, at, at his work and be like, that's Victor, you know, always, always. I call that a a doc hovering in the void. Just this this Uh, interesting perspective on the crypto cube. He he really took it an interesting way. You you wouldn't even know it's that. That could be an artwork that has nothing to do with the crypto cube. This is really interesting shaped doc staring off into the horizon line. So nice. On the wall too, I can imagine it looking so great because it's subtle. It's like a longer spanning Mm -hmm. time where the sun's just moving closer and further away. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that would just trip the hell out of people. I'd love it. Yeah. I mean, Rafiq's is really good too. Like the, just that whole like refraction going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really pleasing to look at. How about the physical associated with that? Have yeah. you seen it? It's madness. I haven't. I have not either. Same. It's insane. He basically is giving you a computer. What? And it changes with where, with time and location. 
the entire presentation of the cube changes. It is insane. Oh, it, it like lines up to your GPS coordinates. It, it, it might it might be the the biggest slept on component of this entire sequence of eight artists. If we wow. go to his social, if anyone can pull up his Twitter. Yeah, why do we not see this on the on the Nifty Gateway page? Oh my gosh, promoed. You know that's the thing about the G Monk auction as well. I don't think anybody realized that it was coming with like a physical book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, artwork comes with a physical screen as well. As I'm so stoked that, that runs those. with custom software. That's sick. Yeah, those those books are so sick. Yeah, and Michael Cena, dude, he's a he's a legend. So. That was that was one of the first things you showed me, um, just like on Instagram, like. I was never on Instagram. The only time I, was, I started looking at Instagram was when you let, gave me access to your account. Yeah. And uh, that, I feel like that was one of the first things you showed me was that uh, Inframonk and, and all this stuff there. And it just blows my mind. That's like, that's like stuff that's just there through a lens that you can't tell. You don't know what you're looking at. And then you can just stare at it for so long. Yeah. I I, I've been a fan of G-Monk for many years. Um, and just to win that, auction dude i with 69s the entire way it was just such you know like <laughs> six nine six nine six nine had to you might have, it was the first one to close i think and those were going crazy i thought you were going to end up with the golf course uh yeah. nobody wanted to battle you man they saw <laughs> you in there and we're like okay let's just let this end yeah i just wanted one i didn't even care which one i got honestly i just i wanted the book roger that makes me think do you have any good um auction battle stories yourself oh man probably probably the most upsetting one to me was back in the day the first drop that i absolutely fell in love with it's probably my 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 worst decision like throughout i told this story on a, a, a james wang's podcast recently or clubhouse recently um man dog jones i just fell in love with him from day one i'll never forget his phone booth drop I, I, I just sat there all night long trading that drop. I acquired eight phone booths over the course of that night, just stacking phone booths. I was like, I had to stop myself, I had to tear myself away from not just buying every damn phone booth in that drop. The auctions the next night, I finished runner up to both. And there was a, there was a specific damn. moment where, where, just where I was in my own, like the dollars that I was allocating to, to NFTs and collecting and investing, like, I just wasn't there yet in terms of being able to really stretch it. But I remember making the decision in my mind that I'm going to, I'm going to stretch this as far as I can right now. And there was a, there was a moment I could freeze the frame. I can go back like it was yesterday where I had both these auctions up side by side. And I thought I was going to win both. Like it was, it was, it, it was ticking down to the last seconds of both. And I'm like, Holy shit, I'm going to win this. And then I got outbid on both fronts. I got into two battles and I had, and I had to pull back on both. So that, that's probably, uh, you say auction battles. I'm sure I've won some stuff over time. Like one of the more memorable ones recently was too much lags auction. Lupify and I were going back and forth. That one I actually did win. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll never forget the mad dog moment. Oh, damn, damn. To go back in time on that too, with how well mad dog's doing now, you know? Yep. So what do you know about replicator? Replicator's insane. I mean, mad dog, mad dog is just doing move after move right now where he he's just i don't know how, how, how i want to phrase this he's just owning his shit and move like moving things forward in such a transformative manner uh replicator looks sweet looks like an intricate concept it's going to play out over a long period of time 
I like that. I like the jam ability and what the jams then end up doing to, to the piece that's produced. I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's a lot more education for me around exactly what he's doing there, but I've liked everything Same. I've read. How, how about you yeah, guys? Yeah. How about you guys? I'm trying, I'm still trying to comprehend it. Like it Same. seems really complex and I, I can't, I feel like I need to have a conversation with mad dog to really understand what's going on because there is a lot going on with it. I mean, the artwork's amazing. I just need to figure out how it works. Maybe I'm just too dumb to understand it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think it's all out there yet. But you, you know, I'll, I'll create a parallel here um, to Artifact Studios with the Fiwo shoe drop, right? Where these NFTs are becoming the uh, the blueprints is the term that they're using. Uh, I call them like distribution channels. You know, future generations. Um, so different, but the same in my mind. Where these NFT use cases are now being explored, where the the NFT that you purchase has an influence upon something else that you can get and then something else and then something else. And there's different formulas at play. Like Mad Dog, I think with the jam mechanism is playing with how many future generations do you have access to and what do you actually get? Whereas Artifact is doing it pretty clean. You know, there'll be another forge in September and then you'll be able to get another shoe, pair of shoes and some other, other benefits. I like that distribution channel thing. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Malavita has one coming out as well, the Heal the Deal. Um, we haven't heard all the um, details yet, but sounds like going to get some rewards out of that as well. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, the I want to be able to, like, in the future, I mean, I don't know anyone who's built this out yet, but, like, if you have, you know, if you have some of my earlier works, you'll be the only one to have access to certain edition counts. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, Nifty is working on building a mechanism for, if I knew how to build it, I would do it immediately. But I think that's sick, like that, you know, like rewarding previous collectors and giving them access before everybody else, um, I think is a really interesting concept to explore. That's the word, access. That's yeah. the word. And it, access comes in so many different forms that I, I really believe that's the next frontier uh, of, of NFTs. It's access to uh, to the to the person, to the artist, to the artist art, to to some unique aspect that no nobody else can touch, or only a few, only a select few or a select group can touch. It's a really interesting concept that can be played with a, a million different ways. Even in the physical world as well, like we can start. You know, I know especially with Blau, like he can start giving people access to to shows and events, um, collectors and stuff like that. Like I really can't wait to see how you know, when, if COVID ever ends, like how this is going to play out, how the NFT community is going to come together um, in the real world, you know? Those first few events, right? <laughs> that everyone can wild. attend. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I wonder what they're going to be. Is it going to be like a festival or like a con style? Like NFT con? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy, whatever it is. What's the one? Isn't there something in New York in October ish? I that. Yeah, I did hear about that. That it it never happened though, right? Or are I you talk, talking about? I'm talking about this coming. Oh, this coming October. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't see that. I think there there's some conference or I don't know the details. I, I just have heard it in passing. Yeah. But if that goes down, I mean, that could de facto just be the first, the first event that people yeah, meet could. up at. Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting too to see people putting a timeline on it. Then, if they're talking October, then I mean, that could be turnaround time where it could be a domino effect and you start seeing it. Yep. Um, Is that in New York? That one? I think so. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I know. What, I know what you guys are talking about now. This one that we have no real idea what it is, but we just know that yeah. there's something in New York in October. <laughs> the Genesis Meetup <laughs> will be there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Do we just make a conference? Which NFT do I need to buy to get in? If it's not, if it's not going down, let's combine our powers and just create the thing. <laughs> just do it. I know. Seriously. <laughs> Testing before and after. We'll see you in New York. <laughs> is uh, I was gonna ask because that's like on the topic of not looking into stuff enough uh the jay and silva and thank you x with their their giveaway i had no idea you have no idea i had no idea that was even happening until it happened but that my brain would think that that is access to post of a virtual space for them yeah but maybe a physical space where you can purchase or you know obviously kind of peruse or just view stuff i don't know um i was gonna i guess roger you, you know anything extra about that I like those guys a lot. Yeah, so, yeah. they're awesome. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I'm, act- I'm actually pissed that I so I was had been doing all these giveaways in like the Nifty Gateway Discord, and I fucking gave away all my thank you X and J and so, yeah, <laughs> like random Nifty Gateway users. <laughs> and I was like, fuck! As soon as I saw that, because I think I had three at one point. I, I basically have like no NFTs left. I've just been giving them to everybody. <laughs> You're like, give me my bonus NFT at least. I know. <laughs> the nice guy NFT. I mean, speaking of bonus NFT, well, not bonus or however we want to frame it, but but Mike, man, I got some faces to burn. Dude, I know. <laughs> that's gonna be wild. We're we're trying to guess like how many are gonna are gonna get burned, but it seems like people are really hyped about that. I mean, obviously the idea came from Mad Dog Jones, who who did it first, but you know, with the amount that we sold, I think it's only logical that we take the same approach. Um, so, and I, and I think, you know, most faces holders are pretty excited about burning some faces. So <laughs> I, I think it'll do, I think we'll get a decent amount. I'm just, I don't know how many. I think there's three win situations in this uh, for faces holders, right? You can either burn six and get yourself a one of one, can you burn you can one. Burn, uh, yeah, that's you, right. You can enter one for a one of one. You can right, burn, right. You can burn six for a new asset, and then you can hold if you want. And the scarcity, and they'll they'll be more scarce. So exactly. So yeah, I guess it is a win-win. Win. win. Triple win. A triple win. I'm waiting for the moment, and it won't be this one just because there are a lot of faces. Um, but I'm waiting for the moment when it becomes the win. The in the first ever innovative win is actually holding. Like the, the person who thinks down the line with the quantity and how it will play out yeah. and scarcity of what they're left holding as opposed to turning in will actually end up being the more the, the most valued piece. Hasn't happened yet. Uh, obviously, the, the Mad Dog piece, I thought might get close, but that dramatically ended up the other way. Yeah. It happens sometime. Oh, for sure. I think, you know, when we, when we did the faces thing, I know. So Nifty had like a limit. I think it was 9,999 editions could, could get sold. And then it would just no, no more could get sold after that. So we wanted to see if we could, we could hit that number, which is <laughs> like part, part of the game, but we didn't come close. I don't think, I don't think anyone will ever do it unless they do like a $20 edition or something, but, but nifty won't even let you do that because it's, you know, it's a loss because there is a minting fee. But that would be funny if somebody hit 9,999 editions sold. 
You got, I mean, you guys did kind of come close. I know you said you didn't, but you kind of did. I mean, you got more than halfway like, there. Yeah, a little bit over halfway. Yeah. Uh, I just think that would be funny, you know? And then that was like our last open editions as SSX Blau. I don't, I'm not going to be doing any more open editions and neither is Justin. So it was kind of just like the last hurrah, you know? Like, let's go out with a bang and mint as many as we possibly can. <laughs> Call it a day. Yep, and then five years from now, you know, you might have done three or four more face melts, and then it's really, really important that you held that entire time. Yeah. Rogers put that nugget right in your brain. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. To, yeah. <laughs> Tip the scale. Maybe I should hold some faces after all. Yeah. <laughs> That's the debate, though, right? Yeah. It is, you, it's a good debate. It's a good debate to have. Yeah. It makes it fun. It makes it fun. I, I th think the funniest part about it is your Instagram post of like your old style where you're kind of doing like the melty faces, the face, the face melts. Yeah. Yeah. All I can think about is, is, is melting faces to like 2016. Yeah, I, had a, I had a post on Instagram in 2018 and I, I think the title of it was all, it was like an old Adidas photo that I, I found somewhere and I like melted the faces together. And then I just wrote all day. I dream about face melts. Yeah. And, my fiance pulled up the, the, the picture the other day and I was like, holy shit, prophecy right there. <laughs> you knew, you knew. Yeah, I knew before I knew. You know what? I bet you someone could do if they had big enough cachet. And I mean, obviously, Mike, I think you, you and Blau do. But in the future, someone can get that 9999. I bet someone can, can tap Nifty with a very specific plan, you know, almost the loss leader plan, even if they end up paying, there's outright paying yeah. drop nine, 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 nine of something for a lower cost. And then having some insane step by step by step after that, that led down all these different roads as to Bro. what batches of additions ended up doing. And there almost could be this mass game that comes from breaking the record and then the buzz that, that comes with it. Exactly. And I think, you know, the, the thing is, is I think Nifty is like, switching you know they're switching they're switching their minting process so i think at some point they will be able to mint over 9999 editions so i think there's a time limit so i mean if that ever happens it will never be able to happen again because nifty's like switching up so like there's kind of like a race to to be able to do that um someone better get this done <laughs> i know dude, I, really <laughs> I had never thought about that until you just said it and yeah, I'm excited. Really it doesn't knows. even exist. <laughs> who, all right. All right. Who, if it's not, so if we take Mike, you out of the equation, right? So yeah. you you can't be the answer to this question. I can't anymore. Let's go around the room and, and who would be the most likely artist just randomly on the top of your mind to put together the, the insane step-by-step -step plan to create the loss leader, to break the record and then do more crazy stuff. Probably Pac. I feel like he'd be like smart enough to come up with like some fucking crazy mechanism that ends up leading into all these other weird alleys with 9,999 editions. Um, I mean, I think somebody popular as well, maybe like, like a few Ocious or Trevor, Trevor came close. Uh, he minted a shit ton of editions at 777, $777. So I think anyone with, with, you know, clout in, the NFT space would be able to do it. Um, they, it the, I think it would really just come down to the mechanism and price point. You know what I think about though? What's the, um, what was the platform 
that Snoop Dogg and they're doing those drops now. Is that legit crypto.com? Is it okay? So if you flip through those, there are like 25,000 editions available uh, at like 50 bucks. It's like Snoop Dogg's face or something. So I didn't even see that. So like it's kind of already out there, but as far as like an open timed edition thing, yeah. That has no future mechanism, I would imagine. They're not burning any no. of the Snoop Dogs there that I know of. But I would say if I had to choose someone not pack Pac, I don't know how to say it. I would no say problem. too much lag. Only yeah. for the story building aspect that I think he could create something really cool where you could tell so many different stories and go down different avenues with that. And he could sell a bunch of open editions. We saw that, and that was that. The 777 price point. So if you brought that down, you know, who knows what could happen? Yeah. Yeah. And that goes back to like community building too, where it's like, he's got people now that are, you know, we're in the discord, we're following his stuff. He, he's like giving us a heads up. And I mean, you know, more than anyone else, Roger, like, like that's what, what you're investing in is the, you know, what's next and what's around the corner. And it's, uh, it's cool to just see like him and fuck render with, with what, what they're creating because everything's going like, there's, there's, there's a virtual like movement where now this stuff's going to be visually, like we talked about before with like having assets to utilize within. And that's what these can be, you know, right now without us even really knowing what they can do. Um, That's like the, that's the cool part, which I don't think people really conceptualize yet. So I don't know why there's been so many points in times where like, I don't know why something makes sense in like when it comes to this space, but like, I know it makes sense. I think I know it makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's cool to see what, what these dudes can develop both visually and like from a storyboard. Like fuck Renderverse. Yeah. Like he's just has a gallery in the galaxy, you know, <laughs> it's like a beautiful experience to walk around and look at these different pieces of this world that people own. You know, know, that's a placard that has my name on it. I own that plant or whatever, you know, like. Crazy thing, this happened in like six months, basically. I mean, I know NFTs have been, you know, they've been around for a few years now, but like the, you know, the big explosion that we saw was obviously started like back in October. But just in like that period, the amount of artwork that has been, that has come out of this is absolutely mind blowing. Like you mark, you mark the beginning of it for me, man. You really do with Last Stand. Like that, That's what that, I was going to ask you. When yeah. was it for you that it's like, all right, I'm in. I don't know why, but I'm I'm in it. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I was I was studying NFTs probably since summer, right, or or, or early early fall. Yeah. Doing the deep dive, I'm, I was very aware of like like I I remember I I tried to get a Beeple piece. You know, was 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 in on all that stuff. But then I remember sitting, I remember sitting on my couch and talking to my wife at when I made the decision. I'm like, I'm gonna start buying NFTs. You know, I remember sitting there and I'm thinking, it'll probably mean something one day what the first NFT that I buy is. And I remember sitting there and I flipped my phone and I showed her last stand. And she's like, that's that has to be the one. That's the one. It's <laughs> that's gonna be the one. And I remember having the thought, it's funny the thoughts you go back to what if, right? I remember having the thought of like, I should buy 20 of these. <laughs> for real, for real. I'm like, they were so cheap. They were I, I, exa- exactly, exactly. And I sat there and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And, you know, 
I just said, well, I have to buy at least one. I bought one. I moved on with my day. And then here, and here we are, you know, what, 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 oh, what could have been. Do you still have one or did you end up selling it? That's my dude. That's my first NFT. I cannot sell wow, it. Wow. Really? I can't, I cannot sell that NFT. Holy shit. That's I don't care. That, that NFT could go to a million dollars in addition. And I just don't, with what this space means to me personally, I'm here, you know, I, I brought my yeah. life over. I'm here full time, full time. I'm all, all in NFTs. Um, doing some fun. I'll, I'll tell you guys some fun stuff after after we we end record. It's not quite ready for public consumption, but uh, <laughs> nice. but um, oh, that's actually amazing. I did not know that um, Last Stand was your first NFT. That makes me feel extre- extreme amount of joy. The, the uh, literal you, first one, you know, and like that was actually, you know, like I when I entered the space, I did not have a good understanding of crypto. So I actually worked with you know a few people to develop that piece. Like I know you know Griffin. From, from Nifty Gateway, I, I consulted with him on some ideas and then Blau, of course, like helped me out with some, some aspects of that. It, just, it felt, you know, that, that piece to me felt like my journey into the space as well, because I, it was like me trying to understand, you know, the crypto space and, and what it meant. And that's what I was trying to do with that piece. I, I, I'm still blown away with what happened with, with Last Stand. I mean, $40 to where it is now. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Your closest people closest to you paper handed that so hard i know dude everyone everybody. i mean we have to my dad sold it at like 400 dollars. no i sold mine I, I i i sold mine for 1300 when it was like spiking because I, I put it up for sale but uh i mean tyler's got, definitely got the worst one so yeah, so rd <laughs> me and you came into the space around the same time but uh in totally different ways i wasn't thinking about buying 20 at all and i oh man i wish i was thinking on that line but I bought one uh, at 40 bucks, like you guys said, and sold it for like $69. I think I broke even. Like I didn't understand what I was getting into. <laughs> and it haunts me every day. And I think we've mentioned it on every podcast so far. Yeah, we, we have. <laughs> I did can't you really, believe it. Did down. you really sell it for $69? So at least there's a little redemption in that, right? I, I guess. Yeah. I, I'd actually, we tracked it down before, but I bet it's moved hands again. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to see a piece that you have, uh, trade hands a bunch of times but this one thankfully i think only moved two or three and only sold for like three grand and now the guy's like holding on to it tight so at least it's it's got a better owner than me i guess at this point <laughs> isn't it funny i mean we we all probably have countless regrets no, reg- reg- i mean regrets you know, <laughs> right, fine, fine. i'm not sugarcoating it's just straight up regrets every nft i've ever sold i now regret selling that nft because it made more money later on. And I wasn't even thinking years from now. I mean, it's ridiculous though. I mean, although that approach did allow me to have more money to spend back into the space, because I didn't have a lot of disposable income or like a lot of money for investment lying around. So those early pieces that I flipped for, you know, $100 here, 200 here, getting up to $1,000, mm-hmm. I put it right back in. And now I actually have a, an all right collection that I'm proud of because of those first couple moves that I had to do a couple missteps on. It happens. It, it does. It just happens. <laughs> yeah. But it's so cool though, because it's like for as many L's as you could take, you can probably look at the W's too. And mm-hmm. right now, whatever you're holding is probably a W. So we probably, now that I think of it, last sand was probably the first thing we bought too. It was, that was my first NFT. Like I for mean, sure. It, it represents, it represents the beginning in my mind of, of the parabolic rise. Very, yeah. very, very clearly. And, and even more clearly because of how it was priced, 
right? It was price, right. it was price low, and you 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 could just kind of follow its trajectory as this market exploded. It's pretty it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I think that you know, I think when I was doing open editions back then, my idea was like let's keep them cheap so that more people can buy into them. Like to me, that's what I felt like open edition should be like, you know allow access for people who might not necessarily be able to afford like the, the lower edition counts. Um, and I think open editions just became an absolute beast at one point and people were treating them like in crazy ways. Um, it was just funny to see what happened with, with open editions. They've kind True. of collapsed lately, you know, $1,500 price tags are tough uh, with a down market, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so Ro- yeah, I was going to say, Roger, when, when, I remember this. I remember me and Tyler because we started like, like doing these mock podcasts where we were just recorded. We were talking about. Do you remember when Nifty Gateway came out with their their guidelines or community guidelines that sure they do. were like looking for, like feedback on and like mm-hmm. the community word? There's no way that was had in mind what was about to come, <laughs> because I haven't heard anything about those since then. And I mean, I like it. I like that it's like kind of you know, almost like a, a wild west where you just gunslinging and you can do whatever you want you can basically like run your own desk make your own choices and um i just remember thinking like how are they going to control these people these people can do whatever they want and i don't know it almost seems like they're just throw them out it doesn't matter anymore but (laughs) i think that's good lines up and see what happens and then toss them exactly and then it's like so many so many people just so many additions like you remember the like weeks where there'd be like three drops, right? Mm-hmm. Now there's three drops a night. It's like, how do you consume all this? And yeah. for new people too, it's like, you almost got to get caught up to, you know, last summer and kind of see where that was at because um, it just took off so fast and it's overwhelming at time and you can't really like sleep <laughs> if you don't want to miss them. So sleep has been hard to come by for sure. Yeah. I actually just woke up. Like that's why I was late to this podcast. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Mike, what can you talk about your new collab? With with Playboy? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I can't really talk much about it. That's kind of yeah. been what they said to me. Um that's not a bad thing though. No, I but, I, I like that. I think but, but it's like, coming. Yeah. I mean, they've given me access to like the, the archives and I've been able to look through some super old photos, um, you know, and every time I want to use something, we have to run it by, by Playboy and see if, if they can do, if they can use it. There's one image I guess I can talk about because I've already released it. And Larry has the original physical was this ad I found in an old Playboy magazine. And I took a bunch of weed and like glued it to the dude. And I called him weed man. So he has a big weed Afro and a big weed mustache um, and then I scanned it on my, my scanner over here and brought it into the computer and, and digitized it. And, and I, the reaction on that was went extremely well, like on my Instagram, people were, were loving that piece. And so we just have to get clearance from Playboy's like legal team if we can use that ad. But I mean, they are Playboy sunglasses. Um, yeah, I want to fucking use it. And, and I, owe you, I owe you a picture of it because I forgot this to oh, take yeah, one this right. morning when I went back to my house. So I'll get that to you next time I see yeah, it. I guess, I guess the weed's like, what is it, browning or some shit? Yeah, it's just like aging inside the can- inside the, the frame. So it's almost like 
it's kind of alive in a way and like aging with you. It's cool. It's do you have cool. a do you have a twenty four seven time lapse just trained on it so you can that see the grounding over time? Oh. <laughs> that, that's the mistake. That's the mistake. That would have been a hell of an then NFT. You would have NFT'd that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so game. cool. It's so cool to see that like you collaborating, working with such an iconic brand, especially like where you started with, not where you, what you did with the, um, you know, your story of going to going to pick up editions of the magazine scanning exactly. yourself and doing it now and now you have access to their archives it's just so cool it's and, weird like because you know i've obviously like taken a bunch of playboy images before and like reworked them in different ways and they were cool with that when i just sent them hey guys i stole this uh this this advertisement out of your magazine and put a bunch of weed on it they were like cool with it so you know like that's <laughs> something about collage art that always like sketch me out as like somebody got to come out of the woodwork and be like, yo, you're using my shit. But to me, it's like that magazine from, you know, the, the late seventies is probably just collecting dust somewhere. No one's looking at that image anymore. It's like, why not pull it out and do something new with it? You know? I mean, I, I think art should be recycled. Um, you know, if, if I, if I, if I'm, if I'm dead and somebody finds my shit and, does something cool with it again, like all power to them, you know? Yeah. You're almost bringing life back into it. So exactly. It's only going to be good for them. And at some point, like a, a brand along those lines, they have so much IP. Yeah. So much, decades of IP. So yeah, it's fun. As long as it's treated in a, a, a reasonable fashion and, and it's creative and done by someone solid, then why not? Yeah. Um, Mike, Uniswap. Speaking of open editions, yeah, excited about that. I, I own the number two, the number two edition. Oh, yeah. nice! And the number seven. I got two and seven. I got two and seven. Wow! Oh, so you're getting two books. Yep. Yep. I, yeah, to, so. to be to be fair, I haven't decided what to do with number seven yet. But I am. But number two is coming. It's coming home. It's coming. Oh home. yeah. So yeah, man. The, so there, we're finishing up the fabrication on the the acrylic cases. Um, I just actually posted a uh, a, t- a tweet about it. They're hand cut, like they're hand cutting everything. So it, this was like a huge process to create um, much more than I realized when I announced the, the book draw. But <laughs> it, it's been amazing. Like we put so much effort into just like making this a sick book. Like I wanted to make sure that I didn't like go to China and just like get these cheap ass acrylic cases for like two bucks. Um, we spent a lot of money making sure that, you know, they were made in the United States and that they were hand fabricated and they were done extremely well. Um, just, I think it, you know, when you receive the book, you'll realize how much quality was put into it. Um, and yeah. And, and then on 420, um, we're going to just redeem everybody who has the, has the, the token in their account. will will receive the book. It's exciting. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't man. wait. Banned from the internet. Yep. Um, I, that's a fun story. That was the era where, there were these very clear, um, I don't know if anyone else was on the same trail, but there were these very clear bot accounts on Nifty Gateway. Yeah. And it was pretty- oh, very aware. Very aware, good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there, a few of them in particular, I had the habit of just figuring out, okay, what are they gonna do with what they have? And I remember uh, the one took most of their, whoever it was, their stuff over to OpenCity. And, uh, and Mike, I, I was hot on the, the tail of three artworks, two of which I acquired. 
one. So I had an original Uniswap that I that I since sold once I acquired the two and the seven. But the two and the seven I went after on OpenSea. And it was an account with those two artworks. And then there was um it was a great bridge by Thank You X and Jay and Silva. And I, I, I wanted all three and I had bids in for all three and I had to wait on the Uniswaps because they were they were kind of priced ridiculously high at the time. And uh, the so I ended up getting those, but the great bridge by Thank You X and Jay and Silva, um, it was priced too high. I had a very reasonable bid in. It expired on OpenSea. Mm-hmm. And in the interim of me trying to go back to rebid, someone else bid super low and the bot took it like, oh. like, like hundreds of dollars under oh. where I would have come right back in at. It must've been a couple, a couple hour window. It was crazy. That's frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Like competing with bots, like must hurt. Like I, you know, like back then I wasn't buying many NFTs. Like I was just focusing on like putting my shit out, but I can imagine from like collector standpoint, when you're competing with bots, like must be fucking painful. The CAPTCHA has been really helpful, I hope, um, detecting bots. It was a long time coming, but it's there now. So yeah, I'm excited about that. And you can tell that it's working because, you know, usually bots will like scoop up too many pieces. Um, mm-hmm. And now it's like on, on the open editions, at least that I don't know if the, the numbers have gone down because there's a CAPTCHA in now. Um, and people can't just click buy, 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 buy. And the bots can just <laughs> scoop. <laughs> i'll never forget seeing your stuff disappear in seconds uh even the, like the first drop um with you and blau it's like yeah oh shit that is gone within like i you can't click fast enough you, it oh, was yeah, pulled out in like under seven seconds or something that's but, one that was one of those moments for me where i was like oh okay this is and then somebody like fat fingered a bit on uh somebody so that was like back when the prices weren't that crazy like i i think you know are sold for 21,000. 21. 21. Yeah. And we were fucking stoked on that because that was such a high number, but somebody ended up like putting in a $210,000 bid while me and Justin were FaceTiming, like at the end of the auction, we started going nuts and we found out that the dude like fat fingered it and put an extra zero in there. So then Nifty like introduced, you know how, when you like bid now on Nifty, you have to enter the value in twice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So (laughs) that was depressing it was like we went to this moment of just huge joy just to be to have it taken away but then we were happy you know it sold for twenty one thousand. but that was funny well, the new one blew that out of the water so i think you guys are all right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nice to arrive at a point where you can look back and laugh at things like that you know it'd be sad it'd be sad the other way if you're at a point where you're like oh man that i needed that like that would have been life-changing 100 <laughs> percent. it was a good problem to have for sure I mean, either way, we were stoked with 21,000, but, you know, just to have that fat finger bid, just boost your joy just a little bit more and then just have it taken away in like 0.2 seconds. I I had that like flashback when um, he was doing his own, when Justin was doing his own on his platform. And it was like the day before it was supposed to end. It went from like 25,000 to like 46,000 or something. Yeah. And the dude just like fat fingered by 20 grand. And even then, I remember you explaining to us how, like, they had to go through hoops to refund him or something, figure out his credit card info, whatever. Yeah, that happened on on Justin's auction as well. Somebody fat fingered a bid because Origin didn't put in that put in that safeguard where you have to like enter the number twice, and somebody accidentally bid too much. But the funny thing is, is 
the auction went way higher than that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that that is the yeah that would be the ironic part is that it sold <laughs> like I don't know the lowest person seven hundred times was, that uh, thirty grand right yeah that was awesome I'll I'll never forget I, we were at I was here I was at Tyler's house and uh, and it was supposed to end at like 10, 10, 10 Eastern and it was like 12, it was like midnight here. And Let's do a clubhouse <laughs> for like four hours. Yeah. yeah. And I remember talking to, to 888 saying like, he was so, he had his computer in a refrigerator, I guess, because it was overheating <laughs> while he was trying to bid. And he had to stay there for like four hours because the auction didn't end. It just kept going. That's funny. Like, get that man a better computer already. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, you, like, you'd think you would be able to land a top end computer right yeah. there. I know. <laughs> Guys, I have I have the idea. I have it. Let's I have that. the idea that somebody, and I'm actually gonna take the suggestion, Pac could do tomorrow to break the nifty gateway record, hold it for all time, the 9999 All all that has to be done is you take the unsold and you fractionalize it to hundred oh. $101 in addition. Dude, dang, done. Wow. Are you gonna edit that Over. out? Are you gonna cut that part out and save it? Wow, dude, no, I, <laughs> that, that is so true. Tomorrow, tomorrow, Fra- fractionalize it, run yeah. it, yeah, boom. It's oh, that would do it 100%. Easily, come on, wow. Pat. While, while, while you're doing the, the mega auction house, just take a minute out. We, we can help you arrange it. You'll break the record. Yeah, you don't even have to lift a finger. Yeah. you should do it in line with the auction what yeah why it's not similar. right because here's the thing if if he does it now like it'll never be able to be done again on nifty gateway because they're gonna you know they're switching over their minting i don't know what they're going to be doing but they'll be able to go higher than nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. so uh, you know like this is the last opportunity to do it, it just depends on if he wants that many additions out there um, right yeah and I remember like me and Tyler just like doing our like little mock combos, recording stuff just to listen to it when his drop came to Nifty Gateway. And I was the title. I was so confused. I was like, what the, what the hell is this? Like everyone's getting the same piece. And I was just so shallow minded on it. Just not even thinking what was around the corner and um, being able to tie it back now to something that's still technically active in there is brilliant. That's, that's such a good idea. He should do it, dude. I, it would be legendary to have that many additions. I mean, I'm fine with it. I wouldn't mind having dude, that. It, it would be a mad dash to nine, nine, and nine. It would. It would. Those would go. It'll be under ten. That would be another one where you couldn't click click fast. And, and you know, he might already have that idea. To be honest with you, how like, dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I'm just saying, he's a mastermind, dude. I he blows my mind. Like he's smart man. Why would he have the unsold if? For some reason, he wasn't going to. I mean, I guess it is the title, but I don't know. I mean, that would be awesome. Maybe he'll just do it now. We'll give you credit, though. No, we'll all take credit. We all came up with this. This, this, happened, okay. yeah. this happened here. This happened here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this happened in the mashup, in the pod mashup. Love it. Love it. Exactly. Uh, but but think that's kind of fun, right? Because it, it avoids in the, well, theoretically, in the creator's mind, it might avoid the problem of having so many additions because it is so directly tied to to a top, you know, unsold edition, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of not 9,999 additions. It's just percent ownerships of the bigger pie. So I don't know, maybe that's the solve there where 
that's a way to think about NFTs in general. That's like coming, right? The market cap of an artist, you own a piece of that, sure. basically. I mean, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, where you'll, you'll be able to, what, like fractionalize, like say me or you wanted to take something and fractionalize it and like dish off portions of ownership. Like mm-hmm. that, in theory, is probably doable at some point. Yeah, um, I think, I mean, that's basically what B20 is, right? Yep. Um, you would need a contract... Right converter or something because if it's not already built into the contract it would have to be changed in some sort of way or it'd have to be stored you know stored somewhere else there'll be a service right you'll be able to you'll be able to set something up you'll be able to transfer transfer your contract somewhere they'll take care of that top level and then you know essentially it'll be like a white lit well a labeled or white labeled marketing service that you either take on the marketing of your own asset or or maybe they have a marketplace to do that for you so we were actually trying to come up with an idea to, to like do this, like make one piece. Everyone could own a percentage of it. We were going to do it for, for Slime Sunday as a billboard. Like, and it never ended up happening because Pac ended up doing that whole tiling thing. And yeah. that's kind of what we were going to do with the billboard was like tile it out. But, you know, each tile represented some type of percentage of ownership. Um, so we had to re- we had to rethink what we were going to do there. No, you just step. That's that. Save that in the drafts, and you can fine tune that at another point. And it's yeah. all about timing. That's, that's really that's cool. a really good idea because you can flip the tiles as they've been sold, like on the billboard. Yeah, yeah. exactly. God. Or imagine that you're just selling the space, and then people can display whatever they want. Ooh, interesting. Fractionalized billboard NFTs. That's why it's in the drafts folder. It is in the drafts. It's still, I think a billboard is still happening at some point. Just gotta think about it correctly so rd what projects have you excited right now i think the another one on my radar is baka arts with the surrogate season two i think coming out soon yeah i love baka i'm a big baka fan and his um and his dragon bob i don't know if you know bob no not yet He's got this little, uh, what's the, Oh, I did see it. It's a bearded dragon. I did. Bearded dragon. That's the worker. Bearded, bearded dragon. Uh, but Baca came on origin stories, uh, live stream and he kind of did the MTV cribs thing of his, of his place. And he brought Bob out and that dude is a force of nature. I just really appreciate his personality a lot. He's helped. I know he's helped a lot of artists. He's educated a lot of artists, a lot of people like, uh, parrot attribute some of his early, um, like tutorials to Baca just, He's just a bright, bright light. So I'm, I'm a Baca fan. And, and then obviously by extension, his work in the surrogates as well. And the, the ether tales, of course. His work is amazing. I'm a big fan as well. I got to I gotta give a shout out too. And I think I saw something where it's not a uh, an origin story unless Aphoria gets brought up, Alexi. So I, I got to bring him up. <laughs> Every time. Just to get, just to get him in. Because A, he was he's the man. He was one of the first. Was uh, the few first. NFTs I bought. He was our first guest and he was one of the first NFTs I bought. Um, and, um, I think his thing where he's dropped that one of one on super air, I don't know where it's at right now in terms of like the auction, but just donating, taking a like, community poll and then donating to the foundations that are in there. I, I, you've obviously seen charities, but I think that's one of the, I think that's so cool. And just, uh, kind of in his nature to do something like that. So the- the bidding is currently at oh G Monk coming in with top bid right now at six really? e- six ETH. Damn, nice dude. G Monk. 
Yeah, a couple shout outs there. Too Much Lag came in first with an offer of three, three days ago. Fuck Render made it four, and then G-Monk has made it six. And that is where it sits as of right now. And G-Monk just made a huge donation as well to offset all of his carbon yeah. for all of his NFTs he's ever minted. So yeah, he did it cool. double. Love that. Love yeah, that. dude. Good, good statement made. Yep. Yeah, and you see like the support. It's not just like with this, like the internal support now with, um, you know, the artist community within itself. And then, you know, kind of becoming a pseudo collector uh, um, community, right? And um, I think it's cool to see the little little connection and, and support that everyone's kind of passing along. Did you see, by the way, your, I believe your euphoria is on his, uh, the, yeah. new, the new hoodie, right? Yeah, Ivy. Yeah, he, he, he texted me when, or DM me when he, um, when he was putting that out. I was so pumped. I just love that piece. I don't know why. Uh, it's a little, like a little different than his typical style with like the, uh, just like the dark colors. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, um, think about that. That was, I bought that for 7.70 in uh, November. I think it was. And it was probably like 14. Like, yeah. It was like 3,500 bucks. Yeah. It was. Oh, it was less than that. Yeah. It was, it was, it was like, low. Yeah. Total. Yeah. Um. I had to I had to throw him in there and get him in the mix. Just to make sure I like it. Yeah. Keep him with tradition. You you know the traditions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm flipping over here checking out how these these crypto cubes auctions are doing since we are real time. We got Nicholas Daniels coming up in like 15 minutes at twelve twelve thousand dollars. Are those all ending at the same time? No, they're staggered by fifteen minutes. Fifteen. Yep. 15 okay. Minutes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the final five, man. Like someone could probably run a platform that's legit called the final five where they just run, like they just like either not stream, but just showcase every auction as many as they can find and just say, these are ending like cross platform. Some good idea, actually. Like, like it's, it's called a- good bid. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this episode right now, what we're all doing if someone sharp out there is looking to create an NFT business or something, I, we got ideas today. Yeah, we really yeah. do. Yeah. Larry's full of ideas. They're just half baked. <laughs> um, <laughs> is anybody aware of this? Uh, that flume? I just saw this flume is dropping on uh on Sunday on nifty. I mean, I'm yeah. such a, I'm such a big flume fan. Like I just see that. It's like that, that's sick. And, and the dude he's working with John, Jonathan Zawada, like his shit is crazy. Um, it is. It is. Maybe that I, speaks to how much stuff is going on. Maybe that's, maybe yeah, that's the I issue. Yeah, I think it does, dude. Yeah. What do you is think? That, that? Alex, Alex Gray tonight too. Alex yeah, Gray is like, so sick. You just have no idea what's happening anymore because so much is fucking happening. Yeah. Yeah. Blink and you miss. How do you feel about the the rush with like, you know, the inevitable inevitable cash grabs and the the celebrities yeah. coming in the mix? It almost it's it's like. Everyone's going to own or, or like do a nifty in some capacity, right? At yeah. some point, it's going to be like having a Twitter account. You're going to have an NFT, no matter who you it's are. It's an income stream for anyone that has a fan base. What's your general opinion on that? Because I always kind of just. I mean, I do. I, I think at some point, you know, we got to start thinking about like having more exclusive drops. It's not just like, you know, like not exclusive, but like a drop every day feels like too much to me, in my opinion. Like, I feel like we need to slow down a bit, take a few steps back and maybe drop three times a week. 
like, and really, you know, start thinking about curation and, you know, quality of drops. Um, you know, that's just my general opinion. And I mean, I think super rare does a really, a well, a really good job of curation, um, with the artists because it's not only is it difficult to get in there, but you know, they do a really good job of the type of artists they select to, to, to put out, you know? Um, and, you know, like I was thinking about dropping on foundation, but to me, that's still, it feels like there's so much going on over there. Um, it's hard to like find art and it's just like kind of a clusterfuck, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want to shit on platforms, but. And super rare has got Alessio now doing some yeah, curation, right? Yeah. He's a beast. I mean, I think, I still think, you know, like Nifty is, Nifty is like the big, like the biggest platform. Everybody wants to do Nifty. I get it. Um, but I think, you know, at some point there's got to be a little bit better curation. Um, that's just my opinion. That's probably why we need crypto.com in our lives to take on <laughs> some of the larger cash grab ones, or maybe you're not, it shouldn't, I want to phrase this the right way, but like Nifty gateway should be focused on art where I think other platforms can take on, you know, social tokens that come from Snoop Dogg, where it's like, you own this and you can come roll blunt with me or something, you know, like anything you want to do, that doesn't have to be so much art based. Like, and I understand the collaborations with artists. That's awesome if they're doing 50, 50 splits and whatnot, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a place for just weird drops like that. Or even if, I mean, whichever road they go down, right? Even if they go down hype road and not necessarily pure art road, that's fine. But the quantity is still too much. It's, yeah, exactly. Like the, the short the short game, the mid game, the long game. And if, if they're trying to stick around for the long haul, I mean, for, for better or for worse, the market is taking a lot of direction from them. Like yeah, they, they are the top. Everyone's looking at them. And, you know, they really have pushed pricing and, and quantity together maybe a bit too far. And you see that on the secondaries and you see how these things are shaking out. And again, for better or for worse, this market right now, at least is tied to crypto and tied to a lot of people. The numbers are in front of us. We all see them. Um, that's now, it's just real. And so that long game, I feel like dropping a little less, maybe not pushing the price so hard in primary, leaving the room for the secondary to run, just that general health of marketplace uh, yeah. I, I think is essential and not just saying, oh, there'll be a next wave of collectors to pick up the slack because at some point right. that narrative can't last. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And I think I, I, I don't think Nifty expected to be in the position they're in all of a sudden, you know, I don't think anybody in the NFT space expected it to explode this quickly. I think we're all still like learning uh, about the best approach moving forward. But yeah. Speaking of celebrities though, Paris Hilton. Mm-hmm. Seems like everybody really likes her on Twitter, huh? She's doing the right. She, she's, I don't know if it's the whale shark playbook or it's the Paris or, or both. She's making some, some really savvy moves right now. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, she's involved with sevens as well. Um, the grant yeah. program, and, yep. you know, it seems like her head's in the right place and she wants to help out. Yeah. You're not just popping up on a, um, on a, a, a nifty gateway tweet, you know, <laughs> uh, my drop is coming up next week come check it out yeah, it's just, you know so so hollow sometimes but yeah i feel like it, you can also get a sense to who's doing it for the right reasons and going about it the right way mm -hmm. uh, i think collectors are seeing it more yeah now, collectors too, where they are smart you know yeah. like they're, they're not going to invest in dumb shit 
Um, they'll wreck it on the Nifty Gateway Discord. Like if they <laughs> they sniff it out and they will toast people in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think collectors are just you know the majority of collectors know are doing are doing their research. It's just the people who are coming in like now that that I'm worried about that don't really have a grasp of the space and and they're the people who might get wrecked on some of these some yeah. of these things. You know, think about like you too, like for what you put into like learning. And, and everyone that, you know, from an artist perspective that, you know, if you weren't familiar with the crypto space or how NFTs work, the learning curve to understand how they do work. And nowadays, if, you, if someone's just like, okay, well, you're releasing an NFT. All right, cool. Like uh, these people don't know how, how it's kind of structured, you would think. And yeah, um, I mean, it takes would, a lot of time is pretty much what I'm saying. It's people are a lot of people are coming in as collectors just based off of the hype, you know, and they probably don't under really understand what they're buying. Um, and I'm just, you know, I'm just concerned that people like that will buy a bunch of shit expecting that they can flip it and make some money and then mm-hmm. they can't pay off their, their credit card bill. Or and that's because that was true December through February. Yeah. Like pretty much guaranteed anything you buy was or going had. to, yeah or, yeah, or sold too early was worth more money in February. It's funny to look back at the phases. I remember, I remember the days when it was realistic to sit down at your computer and have a shot fast fingering something. Those were some yeah. sweet days, especially the early ones where not that it was guaranteed, but it was close to guaranteed. If you knew what you were doing, <laughs> if you do your way around a, a refresh in a mouse. Yeah. And activity then, and then, feed. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Then, it, then it became harder. Then I remember one of the last, fast finger pieces. I still don't know to this day how it happened, but it was one of the Wisbees. Um, the one where he did the, uh, like the violet and the, not the first one, but the second one. Um, I, that was one of the last times. And then ever since then, the next phase hit, which was like the box took over. Um, but yeah, just to walk through those different phases of the marketplace and how things shake out over time. Yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, when I was trying to compete with bots, I would like, have two fingers on the trackpad <laughs> yes. like this, like right, right yep. at 659. I'm going like this. <laughs> I think of uh, when we were talking to Stefan too much lag, he, when he was talking to you, Mike, about how he bought, he got one of your one of ones and then sold it right away for some quick money to like pay yep. for bills. And he said something like, like quick, he slid it in and he's just like, so I, kn- I knew how to be quick on nifty. And I'm like, <laughs> How does he know how to be quick on Nifty? Like, <laughs> he knew he was getting one of your one of ones. And, yeah, and I was just like, ah. and he said, he felt we were bad there and he like it, but at the time he needed the money so bad. That's well, there's a so funny about too much lag is he's like, it's like I always feel like he's just like got a backpack on, like the type of kid he is. He's like got a backpack on and he's like going to a buddy's house to crash on the couch because he's got nowhere <laughs> to stay or something, and he's like working on this big fucking project but he's like (laughs) (laughs) he was telling us that long story that he about um when he was uh perusing down the west coast um with this girl he had met and you showed up in the middle of the story and at the end he's wait a minute why am i talking about this (laughs) (laughs) doesn't matter dude it was a good story but i think his shortcut i think there was a way before where you could see the site map and find out where the landing page of the buy now was going to be. So you could sit there like one step ahead of everyone else. Um, I think they got rid of that too. Everything, everything changes, right? Everything changes. And then the, the, we were talking about earlier, but that, that nifty to open C pathway, that was, 
so hot for a good month there and then yeah. and then just closed down yeah. oh i got a, i got a fun one for you i got scammed over there really on OpenSea, you got a yeah. fake i i man I, you know i really pride myself on being pretty systematic and and knowing my way around and i just got to take it in the face man i messed up i got scammed twice in a row oh, oh no. so what was so, it I, all right so i was coming off this pretty hot streak where um <laughs> One of my favorite buys ever was the pack, uh, the lucky three of three, where I had gone over to OpenSea and 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 got that for like six ETH or seven or like six. Oh, what a play! Um, all right, so I'm coming off all this. You know, you're you're thinking you can do no wrong, and um, I loved uh, Darlington and Justra and those guys over at Monster Cat, and so they do the the big drop with the constellations. Yeah. And I was looking around for the rare constellations, and I jump over to OpenSea, and uh, two there were three monoliths or four monoliths, the rarer ones. And I see right there, my eyes bug out. And it was set at the perfect price point where it wasn't shady, shady low. It was good deal low. Yeah. Reasonable good deal low. And I just go boom, boom. And what I actually saw that, that persuaded me, someone else had gotten theoretically scammed as well. Like there was a third monolith that was purchased for the uh, same price range. And I saw the other two. I'm like, I got to go now. And my check, check, check. The last step of my check process is to see the origination of the contract, which is, which should be nifty gate, nifty gateway omnibus. And uh, I skipped yeah. that step. I skipped the step. Yeah. You just saw it and immediately just bought it. Bang, bang. So yeah. get this. I go so far as to then try to immediately transfer them back to nifty and I was talking to those guys and I'm like, oh, I got the, got the monoliths, you know, yeah. bringing them back sick. And no, they, didn't show up, they didn't show up in my Nifty account. And I'm like, this usually happens right away. What's going on here? And I reached out to Tommy and I'm like, something's up. <laughs> something's up on Nifty. There's an error. Yeah. On anyway, he's like, let me look into it for you, man. Let me get, get an engineer on this. <laughs> and, uh, and he comes back and I actually, in the interim, I think I was talking to Illustrator and like kind of figured out that no, oh, dude, you got you got scammed. Uh, sorry Damn. to break it, dude. And and then Tommy comes back and he's like, "Man, sorry, RD. It's it's they're fakes. They're fakes." Wow. Where do they end up though? Do they just disappear when they hit the? They got blocked by Nifty Gateway. Uh, I think OpenSea got eventually got the message. So actually, the the savviest scammer set up duplicates of all the constellations like literally every single constellation. And they must've been watching for when someone legit transferred one or legit like took it off of Nifty Gateway, they immediately popped the sale price up on OpenSea. Uh, so if you're looking, you connect the dots, right? It's like, oh, this is no longer here. Makes sense that it's here. Makes sense that it would be saleable. And so the scammers were on that and just constantly trying to push those additions. Uh, so yeah, anyway, I think OpenSea- scary. <laughs> it's scary. It's How scary. many people do you think have been scammed? Then? I, I don't, don't buy on OpenSea. That scares the hell out of me. I just don't. I, I I understand it. I just I can't. I haven't pulled the trigger on anything over there. I haven't even. I, I think didn't. they're getting better, uh, and I do think that they took care of those additions when the proper messaging got through. That this is what happened, and I, I think they have cleaned it up in large part since that. That it's still the wild, wild west, but not quite like it used to be. You should yeah. just publicly burn them like a like a witch at the stake. Like if they're still there, I'll gladly do that. Yeah, that'd be a cool place. Like, you just have a business, right? Where you are a wallet somewhere in the metaverse. It's just like the burn trash can. People can just send it right to you, and you do something awesome with the burn. 
in Decentraland or something. You can watch it like explode. <laughs> Mike, are you gonna do that? Are you gonna do like a public bonfire for the faces? Dude, that would actually—that's a brilliant idea. I love that. A, just a public burn. Well, in, Loud did uh, a, didn't he do a concert or a set in Decentraland one time? Yeah, he did. He still has like his own house there. Yeah, burn him at his house. Just put a trash barrel at the top of his driveway and light it on fire, and, and say, "Come drop your face in here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, burn wallet. That's the name of it. So many ideas coming out of this podcast today. Too many ideas. Just like a public trash barrel. Yeah. <laughs> you drop anything you want into it and it just burns. Yeah, you said like Somebody a burn goes time. up and burns a people and it's just oh, like <laughs> it's Yikes. just for, it's forever like somehow like a big event or something. I don't know. How about uh who was who are some of the most what are some of the most famous burns of all time? I know. What Fa Fa Fo Fo burned a crypto cube as a statement? Oh shit! Yeah, that was that was. I did a big not one. know that. Mm-hmm. Really? I didn't know people were burning those valuable NFTs. What? Without getting something back, like for MD, MDJ or something. Fa Fa Fo Fo just made statement after statement because like, oh, yeah. he he had purchased a ton of crypto cubes, and at the time he gifted a few out to some to some serious people. And then I remember he just he just burned one. He just lit it up, and he's like, "Scarce scarcity rules." Here we so go. Can you explain then to me why he uh, he or she might have uh, listed everything or put a, a, a one dollar reserve on their entire super rare collection? Did you see that? So wait, so tell me the exact. Tell me the details. I found out from from too much lags uh, Discord group. He put it in there. He's like, "Hey." Fafo, fo, fo, and I call I, I call him Fafo in my in my head. Another name I've never said out loud. So he was like, "Hey, Fafo has reserved prices for one dollar, like point oh 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 one ETH, whatever it was." And and then they just as soon as the reserve was met, everything just started going off. And I mean, there was some valuable Adam stuff Priester, in there. There was there was uh, a Victor Mascara. There was maybe multiple of them. Um, but I I mean, I don't know anything. Besides that, you know, you can do whatever you want as a collector. So I was just thinking like it was cool that, you know, he went through, made all these, you know, purchases, investments, however you want to look at them. And then I'm always curious what the motive is. Right. And I don't know. I, I kind of got my own, my own ideas, but I wanted, I thought I could get something for a dollar. So I definitely <laughs> opened one so of those bids. I, I hit a reserve. Yeah. One of Adam Priest's reserves. It was cool. His Genesis piece, in fact, I think he got it back for four E. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Damn. Thoughts was the name of the piece. It the was Genesis it. on Super Rare. The guy bought it and sent it back to him. That that's cool. crazy. That is, I mean, you do, see, you do see that as an effective mechanism, though. Like, when Fuck Render did that, I think he set his reserve to, like, one ETH on, mm-hmm. on Foundation, and then it sold for you know, a crazy amount. There's definitely a risk to it, but I think, you know, the once the auction gets going, you know, people, I mean, it's $1 is such a small amount. You know, people are going to go after that. Yeah. It almost like hypes the auction up more with you have all these bidders coming in, you know? So one, one also thing that you can do with that is you can guarantee the end time of your auction, uh, which is a big deal. 
because sometimes people put bids in at weird times and then it trips off the countdown clock and then it ends at an awkward time for a lot of time zones. So if you do go low, it's, it's a balls to the wall move. It's essentially saying, you know, I just have confidence this will work out the right way. Uh, but you can get that bid in at, a, at an exact key time and, and essentially game plan out when, when you want the most time zones to be involved in the finale. Damn. That's exactly what, what Mike was thinking when he um, ran his own auctions out of super rare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter, just updating Twitter. Two minutes left. That was a nightmare. Yeah. I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I tried to like manage my own auctions because I didn't know how to set it up on super rare at the time. So I was like, just on Twitter, timing my auctions, writing in my comment section, like two minutes left. And then oh, I would know every bidder that like comes in. Yeah. It was a disaster. People probably, I mean, it probably fired up engagement though. Yeah. Yeah. People were, people thought it was hilarious. I mean, a nasty ended up winning one of my pieces and he's like, dude, I was so nervous. Like that the timer was going to get fucked up because obviously I was the one doing the timer, but yeah, it ended up working out and he was stoked. He thought it was funny. Like the, the whole Twitter thread of me commenting on like times and stuff. <laughs> These are the things we'll never forget, right? These know, moments, kind of moments. The space is amazing. It really is. Having the creativity to control your own stuff. Like were you asleep when people put out his, those short editions on uh, Maker's Place? 100%. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what was your feeling when you woke up? I actually, I don't like to, I don't like to put anyone on blast, but I, I, I thought that was mismanaged, you know, like I, my, my opinion was this, my opinion was this. I led with this. I said, listen, first of all, I'm not entitled to anything. I don't yeah. deserve anything. I'm not like, let's get that out of the way. So I'm not like playing the ego card of like, how dare you not include me? I just think from a platform perspective, when you're dealing with literally the biggest artist in the, in the digital art space, and you're talking about these pieces, like the person who gets the number one edition could be a million plus dollar edition and on down the line from there. When you're talking about that high of, of evaluation to do it, I thought kind of transparently to say, we don't want our site to crash again, you know? Exactly. And at, 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 at the exact time that that's probably not going to happen because most time, well, a lot of time zones wow. are either sleeping or close to sleeping or not checking their social. Um, I just thought, Hey, this is probably something for optics. You might want to give everyone at least a slim chance at even like get your 0.0001% chance shot in there and feel good about it. And you can sleep at night. But hey, they they went a different they went a different road. Dude, I think there were a, like was it seven hundred entries? There was, oh, it, was it under a thousand? Under, I, I believe it was. I believe legitimate, it was. like very legitimate chance to win one of those. I think it was an addition of what seven or eleven? Seven, like seven. That's it. That's one yeah. in a hundred. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. At a million dollars, basically. <laughs> yeah, wow. Exactly. I mean, there has to be a better way to do it than everybody coming on the site at once, you know? Mm -hmm. I forgot like, about that. Stagger it out throughout the day. Like people can put in their entries and then you select at a different time. I, I don't know. It seems like if you're smart enough to have an NFT platform, you can probably do that. Mike, you're spot on. That, that, that was exactly, I, I, I took to Twitter that morning and I wrote, first I wrote a post that was as close as I'll ever get to blasting someone. And, <laughs> and then I, and then the next post I wrote was like, let me give some constructive, <laughs> let, let me talk about this constructively. 
how could maybe, if you are concerned about giving everyone a shot, how could that be done? I went through like the steps. It's number one, get your account verification on point and weed the bots out that way. Number two, your lottery management system, if that's what you're going to do, has to be tight. When you take 500 entries, it can't feel different to your back end than taking 50,000 entries. If you have that lottery management system, nothing else matters. It's over. As many people, they pass your verification channel. They're a real person. Wonderful. They've submitted their documentation, their passport, whatever. Then you enter and there's no friction on, on the back end of that website. Um, yeah, just, just steps, just steps. I totally yeah. forgot about the debacle before that too. They crashed it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just like, like yeah, growing pains. I mean, happy about that. There, these platforms weren't prepared for the kind of traffic that they were going to get. But I think as a collector, you saw them raking in cash and you were like, come on, how do you not put it back into the platform? But right. I think we're starting to see that trickle in now. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. I, there was one thing I wanted to say about back to the burning thing. Did you see that too much lag piece that he had where it was like you could burn the artwork to receive a Bitcoin? Um, yes. Yeah. Like you can see how forward, like he's such a smart dude, just to even have that concept before he did the, you know, the, the anime drop, it's like, he's thinking about things very much in line with, with crypto and just, yeah, he's such a smart dude. Like that to me is like the coolest burn setup ever. Like you can burn it to receive a Bitcoin and destroy the art forever. Um, is that a known collector that has Satoshi's I think, I coin? I think illustrator has it. Illustrator. Yeah. Illustrator owns it. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Good hands. But that's the, well, the the most I've ever spent on an artwork to, to double down and like on what you just said too much lag. I'm a huge, huge believer in him as an artist and a person. Uh, I literally, I've never spent more on an artwork and it was a statement on him uh, on yeah. what he was doing on, on the lay anime drop. You know um, the way I chose to go with it is I vied, vied for the, for the auction um, as, as opposed to getting a bunch of opens and, yeah. So, Hey, I, uh, I, I kind of staked my flag in the, in the too much lag ground. We're, yeah, staking, we're definitely staking there too. So we, uh, me and Tyler have a, a piece of, uh, one of his one ones on super and we just got the physical the other day. Beautiful. It's, it's an infinite object. It's, it's just sweet. It's like, nice. It's you got the physical in. Yeah. It's it cool. Hell yeah. That's sick. Physical games coming. And the, I mean, as people start to get them out, you know, like you with the book, um, you know, it's just going to keep growing. No, I was going to say, Mike, what was the piece on Maker's Place? The, the, the 101 that I almost went after, like hard, hardcore of yours. Flowers? Yeah, I think that was the one. It's like the, the freckles with the flowers yeah. growing out of the eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a fun piece. Yeah, dude, I have so like, I have so much artwork that from over the years that I haven't, like my style has gone through so many dramatic changes over the years. Um, and that was kind of like one of my favorite pieces that I created um, like, like a few years ago. And there's just so many of those that I just absolutely love that I created that I'll probably do something with at some point. That's what I find myself doing is just releasing the, you know, the artworks that really truly mean something to me, something that I created in the past that I can go back and look at and be like, wow, that was a good one. Um, and there's only a few of those. I have like, I probably have like, you know, on my hard drives and everything else, probably like 4,000 pieces of art that I've created, but there's probably only 30 or 40 that stand out. And I can say, well, that was a, you know, that was a good one. 
you think of like uh, when we talked to Jan and Jan Silva and, and, and Ryan, um, how many photos he has. It's almost like, you know, like, like when we talked to Philip too in, in talking about all the stuff that you have that you can just like edit, you can just do whatever you want to really, but you just have a, you know, whether it's photography or, or prior works, just a, a Rolodex of stuff to pick from update and yeah, for do sure. whatever you want with the photography I mean, game, I think is going to be, I, I'm, I'm waiting to see how that kind of makes its way in. I feel like there isn't too much. Monk just basically did it, you know, with it. Um, Nate Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely selective about what I put out though. You know, like I'm not just trying to throw out all my exist pre-existing work. It's like, I don't even know what I'm going to put out next for slime Sunday because there's, I gotta be smart, you know, smart about it. I'm, I'm even thinking about like doing some more creative di- directive, you know, like now that I have some funds to put together like these big grand photo shoots, like I want to do those. Like I have this one concept that I've been trying to do for the past like five years where like I turn, you know, a girl's face into a slice of cake and you pull the, like have like a cut of cake coming out of the face. And then maybe like the fucking blood is like a bunch of like, you know, syrup or something. I don't know. I've just had this concept that I've wanted to do for so long and I haven't been able to do it yet because I could never afford to put together one of these photo shoots, but now I can. So I'm just, you know who would do that with you? Maurice Spurlick. Yeah, I know, dude. I I actually sent that over to him, but we we're trying to do this thing with, uh, we're going to take, we're going to like try to build this AI that we can put both of our artworks into and train it so that, you know, we feed it a, a bunch of our artworks and then the output is, you know, the trained AIs. Collab. You know, yeah. So it's like. That's awesome. Slime Spurlick. And it's just like we trained an AI to create. In the machine. Yeah. Slime Spurlick in the machine. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's on the list for, for us. Um, but I got to get through this Playboy drop. And then I have a solo drop in June that I don't know what the fuck I'm doing for doing yet. But after that, I'm going Slime Spurlick. I'm doing big fucking photo shoots cake face cake face <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah man that's what's great about this space as an artist is like you've ha- you you can afford now to reinvest in yourself and create better art where before like you know i was pretty much broke the only thing i could afford was to pay my rent and i i've been using the same laptop for like 7 years um you know now i can like actually you know, I can afford to do some shit to make better art. And that's all I'm going to use the money for is just to make better art. I love hearing that. The, the reinvestment into craft is just brings a smile to my face. You know, it's like, that's what it's all about. And I feel like same thing from the, even the other side of it, like collectors and investors who are clearly like taking capital and reinvesting it into the space. And everyone just seems to, seems to be want, wanting to grow together. Yeah. And like other artists as well, like, uh, you know, like being able to buy a G monk feels fucking awesome. I wanted like, as soon as I saw that book, I was like, I'm, I need to get that. It's just, you know, like it feels good to support artists that you've, and, and like, I've been such a big fan of G monk, like for, you know, when I first started making art, G monk was one of the first people that I saw and was like, wow, his shit's cool. Um, and yeah, being able to buy a G monk and support other artists is, it feels great. It's a very like symbiotic relationship with collectors and artists. Like 
collectors are fucking cool. Like they make this, they're just as much involved in this space as the artist is. And, you know, without the collector, like this space would not exist. And without the, without the artist, this space wouldn't exist. So it's like a symbiotic relationship between the artist and the collector, which is fucking crazy. Never can't imagine that being, you know, like in the traditional art world, that's not something that would ever exist. So true. Yeah. It's like, I, I remember talking to a few artists that were in the traditional art world. And it's like, you know, the, they never, you never found out who bought your piece. It was always anonymous. Like people didn't want to be revealed and shit, but like you can, you know, collectors can remain anonymous, but you can still have conversation with them on like Twitter or something or, you know, yeah, these are po powerful mediums. Uh, Roger, I guess I had a question uh, for you because I don't know the story behind it, but there has to be a story behind the picture that's behind you, the piece that's behind you. Is Basquiat? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Trevor? No, I thought, okay. So the, my, my dumbass thought that was something to do with one of the, um, <laughs> the Pog and the Trevor Jones um, collabs. And I was like, did you get a physical from that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. I think. Oh, okay, all right. So give me the story. <laughs> My dumbass tricked myself. Right. <laughs> all right, good. All right, so okay, oh, no. so here's the story behind that. That was the exact moment where I was able to to step up. Like I had done enough where I could step up my in, in like investment in the space, my collection. You know, everything could could go up a notch at that moment. But I, I didn't think that I would be able to land one. I just thought it would exceed price. Like, hey, listen, I could step up and not that, not that up at that moment in time. So I had this, uh, I'll tell the story now. I don't think I've ever actually said this. I set myself an exact, exact budget for what I was willing to spend on a one-of-one -one Trevor and Pack piece. And the first one that I went after was the, not the one with the physical, it was the collab with the, the rotating cube, right? And it went to like 30, 30, 35,000. I think E.T. Young might have won that one. And it comes around now to the version with the, the physical portrait. And I had 16,667 in my mind. 16,667 <laughs> was my exact upper limit. And the bidding's going. And I remember I was even on the, I was even like walking town because I just didn't think I had any shocks. I had seen all the, all the other auctions go uh, and whatever. And I'm walking town and I put my first bid. I'm like, ah, whatever. I'll show support, even though it's going to go way over. And I put the first bid in and I remember getting home and it was like, it's 16 something. I'm like, all right, let me, let me take my last, my last volley at this. And I, I think I put in, what was it? 16, 650, <laughs> 650 done. Right. And waiting and the timer's counting down and it ends. And I thought I found some sort of a, a hole in the universe. You know, I felt like and even, even later, even later, Eric Young was like out to lunch. He told me he was out to lunch or something. He's like, dude, you're lucky. I Literally back from lunch. I'm like, I, I guess I'm lucky you were out at lunch. <laughs> and here That's we are. Awesome. And here we are. There it is. Isn't it like, isn't it amazing to like actually have a physical like painting though? It Doesn't is. it feel sick? Like I actually bought one recently. Like I saw this. I, I forget her name, but I saw it on Twitter. Like it, it popped up on the on like the popular pages, this girl was like painting and it's from that movie city of God. And dude, it's so sick. It's like right here, but it's like, like I'm so stoked on this just because like the, nice. it's so, it's so good too. Like, like just the paint, like, man, it feels so good to have like a talented painters, like piece of work. 
it's a whole different thing. It really is. Yeah. It, it arriving, it's in a bit of different packaging, you know, than the normal thing. Like a, like a print, right, comes in the rolled up tube. And, exactly. it, and don't get me wrong, it's amazing to receive a print. But the, the, the canvas that can't be bent, can't be folded, it comes differently, it's unpacked yeah. differently, it's held differently. Yeah, there's, there's something to it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I still like, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do for like physicals now. Um, Cause I still want to have like physical pieces out there, you know, like I think it's cool. Did uh, Roger was, I know uh, I actually remember seeing your tweet about uh, really kind of when you went all in and I think it was just about like buying studio equipment and stuff like that. Was that around the time you landed that or um, where did that kind of line up? Good question. Close. Yeah. Close to the same time. I still have to upgrade my studio. I'm still not comfortable with my studio, but my backdrop needs to get better. All this art needs to get hung. I think I knew that I had some prints coming and I kind of didn't want to arrange the wall before they got here, but that's turned into a bit of procrastination where I just, <laughs> I just need to get it going. Uh, and then I need my lighting to be a little bit better. And then the audio panel for the mic. So yeah, it's still a work in progress. This, this studio needs to get stepped up yet again. Well, we're basically all just working in closets. So. Yeah, we're in the basement. I know. Yeah, I need to upgrade too. But you know who I hit up the other day? And I, I hit up Genesu and I was like, yo, can I get a print? She's like, nah. <laughs> and I, and I was Shut like, down. Oh yeah, I was like, what? Fuck. Because I want one so bad. They're sick. And just denied me right there. So some people, some people aren't willing to go the physical route anymore. I, that I, person yeah, moves some stuff to, on Super Rare. Yeah. I would love to have one of those. Just a print, you know? That's a nice style, too, to have a print of. Yeah. Nice, like, that color pop. Yeah. It's like pop art. But, yeah, just straight straight wrecked on the Twitter. <laughs> can't, oh. do can't, can't do it, Slime Sunday. <laughs> yeah. In public. I respect that, though. Like, yeah. Hey. The, the, I think those are good moves long-term, you know? If yeah. someone makes a decision... However, even if it, even if it sucks for someone else, cause they can't yeah. get it. But when someone makes that decision and, and sticks to that line and repeats that line, or oh, I have nothing but respect for it because Absolutely. Absolutely. you're sticking to a direction. Yeah. You're like, you're going in on NFTs and you're not, if, if you decide you're never going to release a physical, like makes total sense. Yep. Uh, I thought about it for a second, but I was like, for me, I still love having things on my wall, you know, uh, like pieces of paper and, so I think, you know, like I want to still find a way to do like NFTs with a physical, but not make it as complicated as, it, as, a, as it's been in the past. <laughs> yeah, true. It'll get easier with time, inevitably. Roger Kilimanjaro sold for 16K. Ooh, good update. One, one at a time. Philip next. Yeah, yeah, Philip's up next and it's moving. So it was at 17, now we're at 18. Is this the last five? Yep, last five. Well, uh, if you throw in the real crypto cube, that's technically. I'm last at five minutes. minutes. Oh, oh it's seven minutes, minutes left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and Tommy's all in there. Tommy's buying art these days. Yeah. Tommy's buying or Tommy in a 20k. Yeah, he's buying art these days. Damn, he's top bid right now. Yeah. I respect that. There was um, there was something I heard on a podcast earlier, and it was uh, someone talking about why they were doing their podcast, and it was like. You can tell, and this is just a, a question I, I guess I have for you, Roger, kind of where you see, you know, why you got into this game. And, and I don't know, I honestly don't know much about your background at all. So I, I was kind of curious because, like, I know me and Tyler just started really just shooting the shit 
because there's stuff that we're thinking about, right? And this is stuff that like is on our brain. And uh, the podcast that I heard, the, the guy said that you can tell when someone's working, right? And you in, in doing it because it's their job compared to like something that you listen to when you're in the car or you're like you're watching on video just like at work and it's in your ear and you can tell when someone's doing it because they, they want to do it. And like mm-hmm. you, with you, you can tell you want to do it. And I know for us, it's just like, this is just stuff that would be on our brain anyway. And, and Mike with, I mean, you know, as a, as a creator and, and someone that's, you know, taking a big part in, you know, obviously connecting us with people and, and talking to them and taking your time, you know, uh, you don't do this just because you, you know, you have to, because you want to. So I was curious where you kind of, you know, pictured this going and, and how you pictured it from the beginning and how it's developed and just kind of, you know, why you dove in a little bit. That's for me. Yeah. Uh, this, okay. Um, There's a lot there. I started, I started origin stories because I had to, I was compelled to, it was like a magnet, right? Um, you know, for, so Mike, from the moment where I purchased your NFT, I'd been studying for a while prior to that. I'm very transparent that I came in first thinking it would be a good investment opportunity. And then all of a sudden, greater percentage of my brain started switching over. Right now, I'm a hybrid. I wear both sides. I have pieces of art that I will never sell. And I have pieces of art that I may sell at some point in time. Um, and then I, as I started falling in love with it, I also started making friends, like very real friends that to this day, I don't think I'll ever, I'll ever lose, like wherever this space goes, uh, both artists and, and collectors as well. And so I said, I, I need to contribute to the space. And I want to know more. Like, I want to know more about the artist. I'm a big story person. I'm a big context person. I think context adds to art, period, end of story. And so I said, I've done some podcasts in the past as part of, I had a fitness and wellness business um, back in the day. And uh, I I said, I can contribute like this. I have a clear vision for what I would want this to be. So I'm just going to create what I want. And some people in the early days were very willing to come on and just, just riff with me and share their stories. And now, you know, and I'm grateful to be here. So I guess that was, that was phase one. I did it because I had to. And then in terms of switching my life over completely NFTs, that required an idea, right? That required a direction, not just I'm going to start telling stories on a podcast. It was, can I do something concrete here to to build in in a pragmatic fashion as well as out of love? And yeah, I found that that thing. And I'm going to tell you about that off off air. Nice. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Maybe we cut it right here. Yeah. That's <laughs> we could pick it up. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, one of the first places that I'll announce more concrete details, I'll, I'll go, I'll come on. If you guys want the, that's nifty. Deal. Oh, yeah. Scoops. Yeah, Scoops. <laughs> All right. Why don't, why don't we do that? Why don't we, why don't we cut here for today? Yeah. Uh, and then I'll, 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 I'll talk to you guys a little bit. Yeah. Perfect. I felt like we could have kept going here. Um, I, I agree. This is good. You know, like we had some good banter going with a lot of shit. We'll have to do another one of these. Sure. This is good. And I think it's like, it just kind of hit me where it's like, you know, we're working, you know, we're working together. It's the same thing with the artists in the space, right. You know, supporting each other. And it's just such a, uh, it's a, you know, welcoming place for people that want to, you know, come about it the right way. And I just, I just like, it's just always on my brain. The community is so cool. Like, I mean, you hear all about the, the negative stuff about social media and whatnot. And I have not, Encountered that on Twitter at all? Of that often. No, um, like Facebook is to- it's toxic as hell, and there's a lot of nonsense on Instagram. But if we stay in your little bubble in Twitter, it's pretty nice. 
if you venture outside of it, it gets a little wild out there. It just kind of hit me too. It's like because I feel like if you go look at it, when everyone's Twitter opened, like when they originated, it was from like October 2020 to February 2021. So it's like we're all just in like it's our first kind of not first exposure to Twitter, but like we don't know anything else. Yeah, it's good to see. It's wholesome stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah, guys, let's let's do this again. So I would say right around the room, all all three of you guys, just nothing nothing but good vibes. I I very much feel at home. Like we're all we're obviously all doing different things, but I very much yeah feel at home. We're all in this. We're all in this for the right for the right reasons. We're all in this thing to build, and I have I have no doubt that three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, in various ways, we're we're all going to be in a really good spot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Hopefully in New York meeting up. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was going to ask, where, where are you located? I'm just outside Philly. I'm about 30 minutes out oh, of Philly. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We'll have the East Coast down in Lockton. I don't know anyone else yeah. in New York. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, well, we'll cut recording until the next time. We got we have much, much more to come, I feel like, in terms of cross-pod collabs. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Stick around for part two when you get all the info. <laughs> <laughs> what's that, what's that uh, cliffhanger? Yeah. Is that what they call them in the business? Yep. A team? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for having us on. Yeah, this was great. Thanks for I having appreciate RD. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's right, dude. It does. <laughs> All right. Peace, guys. Damn, that's nifty.